We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. As Boone hits it to deep left, that might send the Yankees to the World Series. Boone, a hero in Game 7. Clemens has set a Major League record for strikeouts in a game. More than halfway through this quote-unquote season, where do we stand? Welcome to episode 12 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. John Senegal repping the Yankee side. Brian Shackman here uh, for the Boston Red Sox, who uh, they're not even a major league team. You know, John, we get past the trade deadline. And we see, I mean, the, obviously the, the Red Sox. The non-trade deadline. For yeah, it's true. But then we look at the Red Sox and like where they stand. We know they're sort of at the bottom. But the Yankees sort of feel like they're on a, on a path toward underachieving as well. So today we're going to go over sort of like what happened to the trade deadline and go, I have like four or five Red Sox players that I want to talk about and why they didn't move or what their value is and, and what's happening. And with I can them. talk about four or five Yankees players that are hurt. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing with the Yankees, though. I mean, they clearly, as constructed right now, right, are not as good as Tampa. No, they're not as good as a lot of teams right now. I mean, nothing compared to what we were talking about a few weeks ago. Like, they were, like, you know, one of the top teams in baseball with the Dodgers, but they're clearly not that right now. And uh, the pitching is a mess. Um, their lineup is kind of a mess. I mean, they got DJ back, which is good. Um, right. He's one of the best players in baseball, hitters, that is. Um, but, yeah, they're in rough shape. So t- talk about Giancarlo Stanton because I, I don't really get it. I don't either. What, it's, what is it listed as as an it's injury? calf. Um, How can you be out that long with a calf? I mean, I've, I've hurt my calf, but... Right, so he played, he played in uh, spring training for like one game or two games. Right. And he was, missed most of all of spring training, basically. Came back and was on a tear to begin the season, and then he was gone again. I mean, it really stems back to like a year, like a year and a half now. I mean, he's been same hard. spot. Or well, he had the calf, he had the knee, he had the oblique. I mean, he's he's been he's been a very injury riddled player for his age, you know. And the Yankees got seven more years on his contract, Jeez. which is crazy. But uh, again, going back to the calf inj- inj- injury, I, I don't know how long you can. <laughs> Well, it makes me I'm wonder. A, I'm, I'm sure my calf strain. Are they hiding something else? Is it performance enhancing? Drug really, I don't have any idea, but a lot of times those nagging injuries are kind of a strange thing. Well, I mean, but- if you look at him, you look at Judge. They're basically, you know, they're, they're like the same height, same size. Stanton's probably well, Judge little, is bigger. Judge is a little bit bigger than Stanton. Not much. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like an inch. Really? Yeah, Stanton's a big dude. Maybe an inch, maybe an inch and a half. Judge, but, uh, Judge looks like a giant. Stanton is built a little bigger, right? But if, if you remember, like, Stanton was like that first guy that you, like in baseball, that you saw coming out, like, on the ESPN body issue and stuff right. with his shirt off. And, you know, like, oh, look at this guy. He looks like a, you know, a, a linebacker in the NFL. But, like, th- again, we talked about this before. It doesn't work, I don't think, in MLB. Totally. We can go back to this whole Canseco McGuire day or what have you, but I, I look at Stanton, his value is not just about what he can produce. I think that you talk about LeMahieu and, and Judge, like I think he just makes that lineup so fearsome 
that those guys get better pitches and like just him being there, even if he bats 240, oh, yeah. I don't care because then you got to deal with a lineup top to bottom that is just stacked. And it's also like, you know, going back to the Bronx, you know, the Bronx Bombers. That's what they always kind of build their teams around. And I was just saying this to my kids last night when we were watching the game as they were getting their butts waxed on, against Tampa again. And I was saying, you know, when Judge isn't in the lineup, it just changes the Everything. whole dynamic yeah. of the lineup. And he's another one with the, with the injury. And they have no timetable on him yet either. So if they didn't make a deal at the trade deadline, does that mean, A, they know they're going to make the playoffs and maybe they can get lucky and deal with it so they don't want to compromise or sacrifice anything because they know they're not maybe the best? Or are they really kind of just sending the message that they, they, they don't respect the 60-game playoff season and let's just you know do as well as we can and we're good enough and move on um well like look at what they did the last couple of years i mean they had injuries and they just counted on these guys to come back you know paxton's out right now they say he'll make a couple starts before the playoffs you know they're hoping they'll get judge back torres is supposed to be coming back this weekend maybe stanton comes back but again like me as a fan right I look at what happened last year in the playoffs. Stanton was useless, right? Yeah, yeah. Judge was obviously hurt still because he had his broken rib or whatever it was. Um, so you can't rely on these guys. And it doesn't send the right message when you do need help. You do need lineup help. Um, so what do you think the message is to, to the fans? I think the message is they're just, they're just doing what they've done the last couple of years and hoping that the guys that they have are going to come back and help them. Yeah, but it didn't work last year. I guess my point is that if they know deep down they can't bank on that, then if they really believed in the team, they would have made a move. That's, that, that's sort of what I... What I, what I, I mean, that's, that's the logical thinking, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you don't think you're going to make it, why, why trade away your prospects and stuff? And, you know, it's funny because in seeing this, this back and forth with Tampa, uh, nobody's afraid of the Yankees, that's for sure. I mean, the, the, ta- no. Tampa's like... I, I, kinda, I don't like Tampa for a lot of reasons. I think that they're, they shouldn't be a major league team in Florida, period. Right. I, I really do believe that. Um, but they have found a way. They just have an amazing front office and a great organization to create teams. And why that are is it like? And they, and they get zero respect. Like still, like they they, they perform in the AL East year in year out. So good. If they were in any other division, they would have won. Oh more. my God! Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you look at the Yankees' record now, they're four and a half back at Tampa. But if you put them in, you know, a couple other divisions in the AL, West, right. Central, They'd be doing fine. They're, they're doing all right. Yeah. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, but right now they're, they're hovering between a five and a six in an eight team. Decidedly so sec- what second is that? tier. That, that's, not, yeah. that's not where the Yankees should be. All right, this is episode 12 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. We're talking, uh, John Seneca and Brian Shagman, about sort of the second half of the, the season. And, and when I think of the Red Sox, I have several feelings, and I have, I have different th- things about different players, but I, I will just say that uh, the fact that the Red Sox traded away, you know, Pilar, Pilar and, 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 and Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland. Workman, I sort of get it. Like, he's had stretches where he's been bad. I know he was on two World Series teams, well, and I really like him. Moreland was a Red him. Sox. Moreland was, like, exactly what you love about a Red Sox, yeah. even if he's uh, from the South or Texas or whatever. And now he our boy just, Bobby gets to, like, but he is for the podcast. Right, but he is the man. I mean, <laughs> Miss Moreland might be the, the, the most – you would love to cheer him on, maybe the best – one of the best teammates. I think of him like Johnny Damon in his prime, like a gamer willing to speak his mind, but it's just a good dude. And, and when has he not performed? Like, when he was a Texas 
Texas, he performed. When he, right. Since he's come to the Red Sox, he's performed. He's always performed. And so Pilar, sort of after the back Black Lives Matter thing, and sort of I, he wasn't totally. I love how he plays baseball, but I think maybe the the team felt like if they could get value, they'd move him. I think there was a real embarrassment for the team the yeah. way he answered those, even though he apologized. So I understand all the factors involved, and Moreland was just sending a signal. We give up. We give up. And so, and 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 I and I also get it because they stink so bad. But ultimately, my point is, if you listen to this podcast, that a team like Boston and New York should never never give, give up. up. It's it's it, and, and fans. And thank goodness, I'm not paying for my but tickets maybe, this but, year. But maybe some maybe some people will argue. Front office people is saying, well, we're not technically giving up because we got rid of someone and look what we got in return. They love to say sure. that. Fine, but then you're talking two, three, the Red four, I, maybe. I think the Red Sox now is where like Houston was when they changed ownership and they got that TV deal. They're like, we're going to make all this money. Let's just go down to the bottom. Let's just rake draft picks, and in three, four years, we'll be incredible, which they were. And and I don't think the Red Sox will take that long. I think they're going to free up some money on the books, and they're going to go after some people right as these prospects come up. But I, I do think it's it it should not be. It should not be this way. And they have injuries too, but like Ben Attendee getting back in the lineup is not like getting Stanton back in the lineup. No. You know what I mean? So no. it's not like he's some sort of savior. And so I'm, I'm, I'm super disappointed in the fact that the organization has gotten to this point. This doesn't happen overnight, right? No, and, they, and, they've, and, and they've earned it the way they performed in the last 15 years that they sh- the fans should expect more. Yeah, and I mean, listen, we've had our World Series and I'm grateful for it and um, this is really nitpicking. And so I want to talk about, you, you tell me which play you want, because I, I don't want to get Red Sox dominant here, but uh, I want to talk about JBJ, Verdugo, and J.D. Martinez. And you tell me which one you want to talk, talk about first. Um, let's talk about Verdugo, because that, you know, that you got him in the, the Mookie trade. Right, and, and, he, people and he's like performing. Him. Yeah. And he's good. He's he. I like him. I like he, he. He's an exciting player to watch. Well, he's like I think of like Benintendi. No offense, it's kind of a pretty boy, right? Right. And but I look at it like same with Pilar. Like I look at Verdugo as not a pretty boy. He's no. like he's like Johnny Gomes with more talent. You know what, <laughs> yeah. what I mean? You know what I mean? Like he's got that edge to him yeah. that I that I like, and I think fans will love him. Yeah. If he if he's the real deal, like as long this as is he, some, as long as he keeps hitting. And doing what he's doing, but I mean, I think if you look at his, you know, his numbers over like his rookie in what 2017, he came up and got a little yeah. bit, a little bit of a cup of coffee. But uh, so you think he's legit? You think this is who he is? I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, listen, if he bats 280 and hits 20, 22 home then runs, he's got a and job. drives in 80 runs. He's got a job. He's got a job. Yeah. And I think with his resume, he should be able to do that, especially in Boston. So that's funny you say 280 and 20 home runs because if you got that out of like JBJ. He'd be a Hall of Famer. Oh my God! If you got if you got two twenty eight out of JBJ, <laughs> you'd be lucky. You know, this is where the podcast takes a little bit of a twist because, first of all, JBJ is a huge. Can you see this dog? You know, by the, the way, this is, this is killing is so me. So funny. She will not She's stop. Cute. By the way, his dog Jeter is just sitting on his lap, waiting to be waiting to be <laughs> sitting on my lap. He's like upside time. down here. It's gonna be my footrest. JBJ is beloved in my household. Okay, because he went to my kid's school once and was so gracious and so nice, and my kids have loved him ever since. And my wife just loves him because she loves the way he plays. And his offense, he's got that beautiful uh, swing that seems to never make enough contact with the ball. And he's arguably one of the best defensive center fielders. I I had a Red Sox fan tell me at a party once, out in Boston area, south of Boston, that uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. is the best center fielder in baseball. This was three years ago. And he was like, he wouldn't take no for an answer. And I was like, well, we can say, you know, Mike Trout. Um, I think I think Pilar around the time was on the Blue Jays. So yep. 
um, Enciarte and, and uh, plenty of great, plenty of great center fielders. All right, like, but like his his reasoning was, you know, just because you can make the great play. And I kept saying, well, you got to do more than that. But he was he wanted the whole package. So here's what I would say about about JBJ that he might be the best center fielder for, in his home stadium. I don't think there's anyone necessarily because like I, I don't think any because Fenway's nuanced, right? And I think he does he center field. He knows it, and he is amazing at Fenway. He's not like he's bad anywhere else, but he plays his home stadium, I think, as well as any center fielder plays their home stadium. But, you know, I was thinking about all this stuff. I, to me, the politics of our world right now cannot be separated from anything. And I, and there were a lot of inquiries about JBJ. And I, I think that for a championship team, he'd probably end up being like not an everyday center fielder necessarily. I right. think, I don't, I, I don't know if he's a fourth. Maybe a, a but he's late, like a, game, he, late game defensive he's like, a, he's like a three and a half outfielder for a great team. I, I mean, I'd be honest about it. If you really look at it objectively, although I do think he can hit when he, when, when so he gets who in would, a So who would trade for him though? Like, I mean, who would need him? And why wouldn't Boston get rid of him? So those two two good questions, and I think the the second question is the more interesting one. I think that uh, there were inquiries. I don't know how legitimate they were, and I don't know if they would have gotten real value back because I think he's worth more to the Red Sox than he is to somebody Could else. Have been cash considerations. But I think the reason through this whole Black Lives Matter and like the Pilar controversy, if people didn't listen to it, like he's the only black player on the Red Sox, and the Red Sox weren't really lauded for their response to after the basketball teams went off the and field it's and they played. A pretty racist city. Sure, it has the history. And, but just imagine in 2020, and I, I don't know, I haven't talked to Sam Kennedy about this. I don't know that they, they didn't trade him for this reason, but imagine in 2020 being a Major League Baseball team with not a single black player. I mean, that would be mm-hmm. horrible. And not just for the optics, but the truth is, is like, in a 25-man roster, you're telling me there isn't one or two people in the percentage-wise in baseball that are good enough to play in the bigs? Of course uh, there are. Of course there are. And, yep. and so I, I, it just brought into graphic relief. So he stuck around... I don't think he's a token. token. I don't think he's a token, but I think the, I think all, I would say because, and I think he's loved. I think the teammates love him, and I think fans love him. So I think it's legitimate. Well, but I do think that I don't think you could trade him. I don't. You probably couldn't trade him for the reasons you brought up, but you also brought up another reason: the fans love him. I mean, there's no fans in the stands, but maybe you know the people that are the loyal fans that are going to tune in every night are tuning in, hopefully to see JBJ make a great catch. Yeah, and they because he does a lot of that. Yeah, and he and he and, and he. He's just, and he's got, listen, if you've listened to him speak too, he just seems like a genuinely good person. So I, I, I mean, I, I think people, the reason why I bring it up is that people need to understand the, the nuances surrounding something like that when it comes to the trade deadline, to the roster, to our current political movement. Um, lastly, I want to touch on J.D. Martinez because I was pretty shocked. He's fourth on the team in RBI. He's been 218. I mean, it, and, and, and there are some people around that said they, they read the body language. I, I talked to some people around the team in the spring and into the second spring training, that, especially the second spring training, you read the body language of J.D. and Benatende, and they just didn't Don't seem like there. they were engaged to the point, like it made sense. So, but, I mean, we talked about this too. Like, why, though? Like, he, he could opt out, right? We know that, thanks to Bill Nardi. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but he's obviously, like, would you opt out in this climate, batting 218, Slugging no, shoulders. Right. If you're going to opt out, you want to play so well. are you going to yeah. act like a jackass and come back the next year? I think it's about, like, I think he probably, do, like, wants to do well. I think the fact the team is terrible. Just, like, it's a 60-game season, and I think it shows, and again, like, I, I don't want to judge because I don't know the man, but I think it shows some, it shows a little bit of a, 
little bit of a character flaw. I encourage everybody to read the Sports Illustrated article on him from a couple of years ago, how he was sort of written off as a hitter. Well, and then he, he, and he retrained his whole. He can't do that now. But he retrained his whole swing, right. and he really made himself into yeah. a great hitter. Like I have tons of respect for JD Martinez and what he's done with his career. But I, if he's not a 218 hitter, then why the blank is he hitting 218? He and and he's not hurt. Not that you know. So, I mean, unless he comes out and discloses an injury, I think it's mental and it could be character. And if I'm wrong and he has to listen to the podcast, then, then pr prove me wrong. You would think people would be calling about him because he can hit, right? I mean, he has hit. He's expensive. He's very expensive. And then he could opt Could walk. He so, could walk. I mean, would you want him in a Yankee uniform? There's no, no. one for him. No. No, but the Yankees should have done something. I mean, I guess, like we said, at the beginning what? of the podcast. Relief pitching? They could have used a reliever. They could have maybe got a guy like Starlin Marte and tried to get him. But again, they always say, well, the return is too high. The return is too high. They can't get rid of these guys. Debbie Garcia pitched really well in his, in his debut. Um, and there's other guys around in the minors. But I mean, you mean to tell me that the Yankees can't find a couple guys that are 19, 20 years old and chuck them out there in a trade package with like a... I don't know, a Tyler Wade or, a, or, or the Red Devil. Yeah, I just you think, know? I think it's a 60-game season, and they're like, why would I compromise my future for is. an asterisk World Series? There are some teams that are saying, like, the heck with it. Let's go for it. Like the Padres. Listen, the Padres, it's so funny. I'll give one little under, underbelly. There was a, a, a group of people I know when Machado signed with the Padres that are waiting for the Padres to tank yeah. because they, they, they wanted to buy the team. Yep. There, there was going to be maybe an ownership change. And so everyone was waiting for them to tank. And now they're the most exciting team most potentially exciting. in all of baseball. And it's crazy because everyone talks about Tatis, 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 but Manny Machado is like the best player in the National League right yeah. now by far. I mean, the guy just keeps cranking and cranking. And that team... I, I, I mean, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's great that our, my friend Bobby, and he had him yeah, on the show, that sure, he, he, can, he can sit with that because, man, that team is on fire. And we, were, we were early. We were on the, we were on the bandwagon we on the early. Bandwagon. I'm going to get my Padres hat out. <laughs> but well, I'll tell you, man, the Dodgers, I don't see anyone beating that team right now. But that would be, that and, and they're both built for, for the future. So I think for the Padres to make moves and the Dodgers to be as good, they're all they're the thinking toward it. Ross Stripling. They just said goodbye. I mean, that guy could be a number two starter, yeah. a number one starter on some major league teams. Right. And they're just like, I mean, that's how confident they are right now. I love it. I mean, I, I think it's to go for it just for this year, I think is a waste. I've made that pretty clear in this conversation. But I think the Padres and the Dodgers are built for, they're also looking at this year as like a World Series prep for, for next year. Yeah. I mean, I think the Padres are, are going to. Extended, extended spring training. No, but it's really like, I think, I think the Padres are, are, are so exciting. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to, the Bobby Dickerson, it was a two-part podcast. Yep. I think it might have been like five or six or whatever. He's the bench coach for the Padres and an old friend of John's. And in terms of feedback, it might have been the best feedback we got of any of our podcasts. Yep. You guys should definitely check it out. Uh, now, next one, we're going to, I think, deal with some of the macro issues uh, with um, Hall of Fame uh, players. Uh, Should they be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Should they not? And you know what? It's a conversation you've probably had many times, but it's one we love to have, and we're going to have it uh, in our next episode. But for now, for John Senecal, I'm Brian Shackman. This is episode 12 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. Check us out wherever you get your podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 